This week in retail news, brands went head-to-head as they fought for consumer attention during this year's holiday season kickoff. Meanwhile, consumers did their part as they largely stayed home and shopped this year. And this just in, another unique retail partnership has arrived. Find out who's coming to a Kohl's store near you. Happy holidays, everyone. We've got the scoop and more on today's episode. It's Monday, December 7th, and this is your Retail Rundown. Hello and welcome to the Retail Rundown. I'm your host, Julia Raymond-Hare, and today we're joined by guests Ricardo Belmar and Tony Donafrio. Ricardo is a top 10 influencer at NRF's annual event and former association director for ICX. He was named social media mayor by RAS News and is a contributor for retail customer experience. Tony is the CEO of TD Insights. He's a well-respected industry futurist and recognized global top 100 retail influencer. Both guests today are members of our very own Rethink Retail Advisory Council. Super happy to have you both on the show. Happy holidays. Pleasure to be here. Happy holidays and a pleasure to be with you. Awesome to have you guys. Did you guys have some fun holiday shopping in the past weekend? Yeah, I think you know, I'll speak for our my household. We did quite a bit of shopping. Uh, I'd like to think, and hopefully this will hold true, that we managed to finish our holiday shopping over this long weekend. <laughs> Yeah, we did some holiday shopping too, but I think I stayed away from the malls. I did mainly strip malls. And so I follow what uh, Sensormatic reported that traffic in malls was like down uh, 52%. But strip mall shopping worked great for me. Mm-hmm. I did the yeah, same. We made lots of use of curbside pickup. Curbside, that was up. I saw that. Which ones did you do? Are you going to shout out any? Did any do an exceptional job? I got to say, for me, my experience, uh, Target has done the best job with their drive up curbside as being completely seamless. And at least for my local target, they're really fast. Yeah, for me, it was Best Buy. They did an exceptional job when I showed up at curbside. It was well executed from the website all the way to the pickup. I didn't even have to talk to anybody. They just put it in the trunk and I drove away. That's amazing. And it's funny, we're just talking about it like this, like it's so normal because last year I'd don't think I had ever done curbside. And now, just like you guys, I've shopped curbside at both Target and Best Buy. So it looks like we weren't the only ones shopping over the holiday weekend. I'll dive right into it. There were months of speculation, and we finally made it through this year's Black Friday Cyber Monday madness. And the numbers, as you guys know, I've seen you posting about it on LinkedIn and other platforms. They are impressive. And I think that's a relief to many of our retail friends Online shopping, if we look at that, it rose nearly 22% year over year on Thanksgiving Day. And then on Black Friday, the following, it jumped by about the same percentage, totaling nearly $9 billion. And that's not the only good news. We had data released by Adobe that holiday shoppers spent $10.8 billion on Cyber Monday. That's up 15.1% from a year ago. And that set a record for the largest online shopping day in U.S. history. Adobe also found that the number of orders picked up curbside on Cyber Monday was up 30% from last year, and about half of all online purchases were made on a smartphone. Pretty big number there. Ricardo, I'll pass it to you. I saw a lot of your comments already on LinkedIn. Um, There's a lot of buzz. What are your takeaways from this year's Black Friday, Cyber Monday? Any surprises? I think there are definitely some surprises, and and some maybe not, although impressive, not quite a surprise. I'm not sure it comes as a surprise to a lot of folks that Cyber Monday just blew it out of the park this year. I think that's probably to be expected. Tony mentioned the 52% drop in in-store traffic. In some ways, I'd say that was also expected, particularly in mall 
environments because people were not going to be going to stores during the pandemic as much as they used to. In some ways, I mean, I, I may be a little bit contrarian in, in some of this, and, and maybe I'd refer to it as a mixed bag of results because, sure, we've got this wild success with e-commerce. You know, the Adobe reported numbers, while still a record for Cyber Monday, I'll still point out that their original forecast was even higher than that. So it didn't quite hit the forecast. I think their number was around 12 billion. So that with the huge drop in in-store traffic, I think it's possible the jury may still be out a little bit as to what's the overall sales figure look like when you add in all of the various sales channels that retailers had. And certainly there's a different story to be told based on segments and things like that. I mean, I, I can kind of summarize it, maybe five different takeaways here. So the first one I think is the most obvious e-commerce, right? E-commerce, just massive growth. Somewhere I want to say I, I've seen reports that overall for the season, so not just Black Friday, Cyber Monday, but so far this holiday season, it's probably tracking for a 31% increase in e-commerce, which maybe isn't quite as big as we saw in the spring during the lockdowns in the pandemic, but still, wow, that's just an impressive number in one season to happen. We've also seen reports Shopify said their merchants on their platform saw a 76% increase in sales worldwide over the weekend, which I think also gives us an indicator that people also followed a, a shop small kind of approach and that they didn't just focus on the largest retailers that have been so successful this year. So I think that's probably the biggest positive I take away from this. My second takeaway is something that we've also talked about on this show before, uh, and that's Shipageddon, right? I think Shipageddon is real. I think it's had some trickle down effects. Uh, I've seen reports on how both UPS and FedEx are kind of starting to show the strain. I'm not sure if it's been confirmed, but there were reports that UPS was holding up pickups at some retailers over the weekend so that they weren't overly straining the influx of new packages to ship. So it's been shown before we've got you know a 15% increase to shipping capacity across the carriers, but demand is realistically more, more like 30%. So what's the result? So just about every retailer I know has been pushing consumers to shop early this season. That means sales, discounts, special offers, everything started out earlier. I think we'd probably all claim it started with Amazon and Prime Day in mid-October. Saw so that Digital Commerce 360 reported 76% of the top 50 online retailers offered Black Friday specific deals starting the Monday before Black Friday. So while we can show all, all, lots of data and impressive numbers around the long weekend, the reality is it's really more about the season. I think this year more so than past years because consumers really started shifting some of their spend. And that may also you know, be reflected in why we're seeing these lower in-store numbers and why the forecasted e-commerce figures for the long weekend were higher than what we even saw and why we didn't quite hit those marks because of that shift in the spend. Consumers, I think, are spreading the spend out a little bit more. Not everyone was focused on just buying over this long holiday weekend. And you can read that multiple ways. I think NRF is taking the view with their forecast that the holiday gains may be up to as high as 5.2% this year. I think they're Belief is that this uh, spreading out of spending patterns will continue on trend for the rest of the season throughout the month of December. Personally, I think that may be a bit overly optimistic because I'm assuming that every consumer is going to keep doing this. Or in their case, I think they're claiming that the top one third of consumers are going to help drive that continued trend. I'm just not sure I, I agree with that view. Uh, some other impacts I would attribute to Shipageddon too 
not every retailer wants to overdo the discounts. Right? So they're not just adding more discounts and more sales over the season. They're changing things up a bit and messaging a little differently. One example that I thought was noteworthy, Costco. I'm a Costco member and members have received multiple emails from Costco's CEO practically begging and pleading us to shop early and outright claiming that we will experience shipping delays if we wait to the last minute to buy things. Log into the Costco mobile app. You see that message right at the top of the screen. So you know it's really being emphasized that people want you or retailers want you to shop early this season. Another interesting phenomenon I've seen there too is gift card sales. I think gift card sales are, are likely to increase and there may be a sign benefit to that that retailers will see because come January after the holiday season, there are going to be a lot more people holding on to those gift cards and wanting to spend them. I think there's a good chance we could see in January a, a sales boost that may even offset any increase in returns that retailers may see from the holiday spent. Coming back to the in-store sales, you know, we mentioned the decrease in foot traffic numbers. I think that's primarily coming from the malls. I'd rather look at statistics around, you know, what were the average transaction values for the purchases that were made? What were the conversions from the shoppers that did go in-store? I very much agree with what many people are saying that shoppers have a lot more intent this season. If they're going into stores, they've got a purpose and they have an intent to buy. So for me, the real question is, are they buying more? Are they putting more in their basket? Are those transaction values going up? Conversions are higher, but the average transaction value, I think, was only about in the single digit percentage higher. So that kind of tells me that while there was a lot of intent, maybe people weren't buying more than they did last year when they were in store. But I think here, what really matters is to start looking at what product categories that retailers were selling. I think we've seen that apparel continues to struggle this season, but categories like toys and electronics, are, they're booming. We can expect that the same essential retailers that throughout the year have been doing really well, you know, Target, Walmart, folks like Best Buy, maybe Dick's are in all likelihood going to come out and tell us that they've had a, an absolutely stellar holiday season, but other specialty retailers may not be on the winning end of that equation as much as they'd like because different categories are seeing different results. We've seen all the kinds of shifts in spending, and that's a big factor here. I think my last takeaway that I'm going to call this more of an unanswered question that I hinted at earlier. To me, the question for December is, are consumers done shopping for the holiday or do they have more purchases to make? It's great that they're not going to be so dependent on the one long weekend this year, but that leaves an open question. You know, are consumers still buying more and more? Is this trend going to continue into December? NRF would have us believe that the answer is yes. I think they're leaning heavily on the, the top one-third of consumers by income as being the ones who are going to lead the way there. I'm not completely convinced. I, I kind of look at the luxury segments for some data there to see, are, are luxury buyers buying more? Are they buying the same as before? My one interesting tidbit there, because I like to follow Amazon's luxury stores since that's new this year, I've seen that they're offering 50% off sales. So for me, when the luxury brands are, are touting 50% off, I'm not so sure <laughs> if that spend level is going to continue into December. Uh, and of course, all, all that said, I think the one caveat I'll add to that is if our Congress manages some kind of a new stimulus package this month, I think all, all bets are off. Everything could change. If there is a real stimulus, if consumers get that from the government, I think there will be a spending boost and everybody will come out happier in retail as a result. If that doesn't come true, then I'm not as confident that these trends are going to continue for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Great recap, Ricardo. And I'll pass it to you, Tony. I would say the big things I took away from your excellent in-depth analysis there is that, you know, Adobe did predict a higher e-commerce number, maybe around more like 12 billion versus nine. 
and that Shipagenin is still at play. It hasn't gone away. I know that our producer, Gabriella, actually messaged me yesterday and she's like, UPS just dropped off a package using a U-Haul. So I know that people are getting creative out there. And then you said, are people still buying or not? That's also big. And I know you went over a lot more. I just, those are the top three things I think that are really spot on. Tony, what's your recap? First of all, Ricardo did a good recap in terms of the, the trends that I saw in Black Friday and Cyber Monday. But my view is you got to take a step back and look at it from uh, the point of view of, is this an unusual holiday season or is this a holiday season that's just changed because of how consumers are shopping? And to me, all it's really showing is the pandemic has accelerated the digital trends that were already underway between what was happening inside physical stores and what was happening online. I think we're still going to have a hangover that's going to continue into December and even in the next year because the pandemic isn't going to go away as fast as everybody wants. The latest data that I saw is from Bright Pearl is that 78% of us will be buying online more frequently next year. 38% are more likely to shop online than in stores. And 39% even said that in the next five years, they're only going to shop online. 55% now buy products online that previously they bought in stores. And 66% are planning fewer trips to the mall over the next 12 months. So what was interesting to me is the brand switching that was happening during the holiday season. There was more brand switching as reported by McKinsey, for example. They had 40% of their survey respondents switched to a new brand or made a purchase with a new retailer. And the 40% was actually a McKinsey global average. For the U.S., it was higher at 46%. And the top three reasons why they switch brands are the old common rules of retail, lower price, better value to price ratio, and to support employees. The other thing that was very interesting to me is how the services are getting better this holiday season. I mentioned earlier the example that I had at Best Buy, and it really was amazing. I mean, it was Cyber Monday. I expected them to be really difficult to actually do through the process, but I was able to order online very easily. You show up at the store, park in a designated area, give them the number, open the trunk, they put it in the trunk, and you drive away. I didn't even have to actually see or talk to the person. So it was an amazing experience in those services. So What's going to happen to me is what I see is what this holiday said is online is going to play a bigger role until we get the pandemic under control. But retailers have to figure out how to get their model and how to improve their model to get us back in the stores by continuing to work on creating those immersive experiences and improve on those services. It's in the retailer's best interest to do this, if you think about it, because the most profitable place for a retailer is the actual physical stores online and all these new services that actually take away more profit. So they got to keep fine-tuning what happens inside the store because it's not going to go online. I mean, the last forecast I saw is 34% by 2030 will be online. The rest will be in stores. So stores are going to be important, but we got to get better at what happens inside the store. That's so true, Tony. And I like that you said it's still important to have immersive experience with improved services because, like you said, those numbers are increasing probably faster than anyone had expected as accelerated by the pandemic. Over a third of revenue will come from online within coming years, potentially. And I thought it was interesting. This isn't super related to Black Friday, Cyber Monday. But for example, Volvo is one that they announced they hope to have 
half of their revenue come in from online channels by 2025, a car manufacturer. So it is huge, but I think the store is so important for the brand and that's not probably going away. One more thing on Black Friday, this season has been (laughs) peculiar. And we've been talking for years about, is Black Friday losing some of its appeal? Is it becoming less important? Do you guys have a new take on that after seeing the results of this season? My thought there, I've in fact seen some people like Steve Dennis, I think has referred to this weekend as Bleak Friday. Mm. Uh, And I think in some ways it's kind of appropriate, but maybe not in, in a negative connotation that might be implied in there in the sense that we didn't have the annual retail doorbusters to drive people into the store. And I think by and large, if you ask most consumers, they frankly didn't care that those didn't exist because what retailers gave them in place of that to incentivize things like curbside pickup and online deals was more than enough, I think, to satisfy people. And that's why we see the blown away e-commerce numbers that we see. So I would actually claim that maybe that you know we can say after this year, Black Friday, as we've known it, is pretty much dead. I, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's good for retailers, good for consumers. I think it makes life easier for a lot of people. It's going to make life hopefully in the future easier, even for shipping things on the logistics side, because the sales will get spread out. There's no need, I think, to try to force everything into this one day. And I think that's what we proved this holiday season, that it's just not as important as it used to be, because there are so many other purchasing modalities, so many other ways that consumers can attack this. And like we've said, that you know, even pre-pandemic, right, the trend was convenience is king. Consumers want convenience. And compared to every other way we have to shop, I think Black Friday and the idea of massively sprinting into crowds in the store is just not convenient as it might have been in the past. So I don't think anyone's going to miss that. I, I do think people will go back to stores. I think, you know, even given all the data that Tony cited, you know, yes, people are going to spend more of their purchase dollars online. I think we will continue to see trends for curbside pickup, stores aren't going to go away. You know What the purpose of those stores is may change depending on what kind of retail you are and what products you offer. I think the story will be different if you're an essential retailer versus a specialty retailer. You know, the environment may, is definitely going to change for malls, but the stores aren't going to go away. But I just don't think the importance of Black Friday is going to be there in future holiday seasons. I think people will remember how they shopped this season, and they're going to look forward to doing it again that way next year. And I would concur with Ricardo. I, I think Black Friday has changed, and it was changing already anyway. What's happening is we're moving earlier and earlier into the holiday season. Prime Day, I think, is going to become almost like a permanent kickoff, probably going forward. So... Black Friday is just another one. The concern that I would have is, as a consumer, are we going to go shopping for Christmas in July? So we're going to move it up all the way up to July. So are we actually going to kill this aspect of Christmas shopping because we're moving it earlier and earlier? But Black Friday itself and even Cyber Monday, they're just opportunities to engage with a retailer. The concern that I have is that maybe we're getting to a point where there is no more holiday season. Mm. shopping during holidays and we'll start and we'll do the Christmas in July as it's already advertised on multiple channels. Mm -hmm. Both fair statements. 
I'll move on to something a little bit more cheerful. We talked about Christmas in your last statement there. But first, I wanted to tell our listeners a little bit more about Vtex. Vtex is the first and only global, fully integrated end-to-end commerce solution with native marketplace and OMS capabilities. Vtex helps companies in retail, manufacturing, wholesale, groceries, consumer packaged goods, and other verticals to sell more, operate more efficiently, scale seamlessly, and deliver remarkable customer experience. Find out more about what VTEX can do for your business at www.vtex.com. Stores are getting creative. Luxury department store Neiman Marcus employed Santa Claus to help out this year. So instead of posing for pictures because of the pandemic and whatnot, Santa got to deliver curbside pickup orders to customers. So he was there at your car. I thought that was pretty cool. The retailer also had virtual gift advisor services where customers can work with an assistant that will call or text you gift ideas for everyone on your shopping list. So that takes out a lot of the hard work and thought, right? That sounds like a good thing to me. And it also came with champagne and chocolate chip cookies sent in the mail by Neiman Marcus. That was all part of the service. So interesting work there. Other retailers put on a series of deals over the holiday weekend. Notably, we looked at Urban Outfitters. They had a lightning fast flash deal on their e-commerce site. And Ulta had a virtual queue for its digital sales Brands are fighting harder this year for loyalty and attention with a lot of shopping being done online. Tony, what do you think about some of the promotions and did any stand out to you this year? So to me, the surprising thing, especially during the pandemic, then really not a lot stood out to me as major promotion that retailers are driving that I said, wow, that promotion really has the retailer finding that magic formula to increase loyalty. The U.S. is a long way to go to actually get promotions nailed, to actually create engagement. And as you know, Julia, I've talked about in terms of other parts of the world and how they've done this extremely well. And to me, I look to China every year as the Mm -hmm. gold standard and what they've done with their recent shopping holiday that ended in November. So this year, Singles Day, or it's been rebranded Double Eleven, was an 11-day shopping festival ending. November 11th, Alibaba had sales of $74 billion. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So almost $7 billion a day. It included intentional recruitment of nearly 32,000 international brands from 84 countries. They also recruited 2.1 million small businesses. Live streaming was very popular. They had 28 live streams that did $15 million or more. Even Magic Johnson got into the game this week doing his own live streaming, selling one of his products. Cartier had 800,000 people in their live stream, and they even were selling a $28 million necklace if you wanted to buy. And then the surprise was Nike. They sold $15 million in one minute. Oh, my. $15 million. At peak, Alibaba was processing 583,000 orders and by its conclusion, shipped 2.232 billion packages. So it was a wild party. It included Kate Perry doing a virtual concert, so a two shopping party, and it included 800 million people worldwide. So that's the way to throw a shopping party. We're now nowhere to be close. And to put it in perspective, that party was 16 times as many sales as Amazon Prime Day in terms of delivering results. So we have a lot of work to do in the West to actually throw a true shopping promotion that will give me interest in terms of doing more shopping 
other than the flash deal or the fast deal. But those are are not sustainable from my point of view. Those numbers are shocking. I mean, they really are. I didn't realize they were just exact, like how, how high they were. And then you mentioned all of the things that they were offering from superstars to really expensive products being shown. And you said, I like how you said that's the way to throw a shopping party because that's how it should be, right? It should be more of that exciting feeling and not so much transactional which I think we have a long way to go, like you said, Ricardo. Yeah, I have to agree with that. What was in many ways what missing, maybe with the exception of what you described and even Marcus did, is where was the fun in these Black Friday, Cyber Monday activities? So once you take out what I would consider the not fun parts, you know, i.e. removing the doorbusters from Black Friday that just cause people to stamping to the store, <laughs> what, are you, what fun things do you replace it with? And I think the one thing that I pick up on that I... I'm surprised I did not see any examples of that. I think Tony would agree is why we didn't see any attempts at some live streaming over this holiday weekend by retailers. The flash sales, I agree, those are, are good. I view those, for example, I know Best Buy did some as well. When you're trying to sell some products that often are not discounted or rarely discounted, like say Apple products at Best Buy, then sure, the flash sales, I think, can, can make a difference. But I agree with, with Tony, they're not long-term sustainable. Other than the Neiman Marcus example, the only other one that stood out to me, Allbirds, for example, I saw they actually raised prices by a dollar because that dollar was going to fight climate change and support the environment. So by adding a cause to it, you know, they not only drove uh, or motivated, let's say, people to shop with them, but they made it more worthwhile. So you were accomplishing something useful and for the world by, by shopping with them. So I, I consider that creative. But I have to agree overall that, you know, apart from clever discount, you know, I'll categorize it that way, not a lot of creativity in what was going on. And I think there's a huge opportunity being missed right now in terms of video selling and live streaming. In fact, I see more examples of small retailers and maybe some independent retailers realizing that that's an opportunity they can use to distinguish themselves from these really large big box brands. I've seen examples of independent retailers where they just use live streaming on YouTube or on Facebook of just themselves walking around their stores, showing off products and leveraging things like Facebook Marketplace to sell them. And I think that's creative. I still continue to be surprised that we don't see the larger brands uh, adopting some of these techniques. And Ricardo, just to support what you said on live streaming, totally agree with you. The number one category in China for live streaming is apparel. Apparel desperately needs the ability to sell differently and more. And it's amazing to me that that hasn't been adopted more, again, on this side of the pond. Yeah, I totally agree. I I honestly would expect, for example, areas where where they really need the help from that opportunity, like department stores, to really jump on that and take advantage of something like that, especially considering for a department store that has access to more brands, they can really show off on a video. And I like your example of Allbirds taking things more creatively in their approach this year, because I think that speaks to the strength of their brand and what they stand for. And they also have a quality product. So they are allowed to kind of do something different like that where they're actually raising the price. Good points on live streaming. I will say I'd like to see someone that's not Amazon do it, right? I want to stop talking so much about Amazon. I want to see the other retailers win a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a missed opportunity, I think, right now. So our last segment of the day, this is a huge announcement. Hot on the heels of Target's recent partnership with Ulta comes another interesting pairing. Sephora announced it will be making its way inside hundreds of Kohl's stores in the coming year. 
and this new partnership will include at least 850 locations by 2023, and the shops will be roughly 2,500 square feet, so pretty significant, and Kohl's employees will be trained by Sephora. The storefronts will be positioned near the front of the Kohl's store and at some locations might even be accessible by a separate entrance, according to Kohl's CEO Michelle Gass. The Sephora logo will also be placed on the outside of the building and Sephora announced it will launch Kohl's website next year. So, Ricardo, I'll pass this to you. What are your thoughts on the partnership between Kohl's and Sephora? I know you predicted this one, so it's a pretty big one. Yeah, I really love this partnership. Uh, not, not, of course, the least of which is because I got that prediction right. I don't often get to say that, <laughs> uh, but I, I will say it this time. I, <laughs> I, to me, in some ways, this was an obvious pairing. So once Target and Ulta announced I really felt that the obvious next move was for Kohl's to do the same thing with Sephora. Almost every shopper panel that I've seen over the last few years, when their panel of shoppers are asked, name your two favorite brands, you almost always get the same answer. And Sephora is always one of the two listed. So there's a huge amount of uh, brand affinity and loyalty with Sephora. And what is Kohl's probably number one problem today is in getting people to the store to buy. So bringing Sephora in, I think, for Kohl's would be much more successful uh, or at least has the potential to be much more successful than it was for JCPenney. And Sephora obviously has been looking to get out of the JCPenney's. Their agreement's coming to an end. They don't, for I think, obvious reasons, want to stay in JCPenney. And Sephora you know, wants to get out of the mall. So Kohl's has a great advantage for them there in that they're off mall. I've seen people arguing, you know, why Kohl's? Why wouldn't Sephora do this with another department store brand? Uh, and my conclusion there, you know, every other department store Sephora could have gone to, they're all based in the mall. Uh, mm. So it doesn't really get them the advantage. Sephora wants to reach more customers. They want to reach their existing customers closer to where they are. So Kohl's, I think, gives them a good opportunity for that. And for Kohl's, I think the advantage is they need a game changer, right? They need something to really generate more interest in getting people to the store. They've started doing some interesting things. We know Kohl's CEO loves to tell us that the Amazon returns that they've set up at the store is a great foot traffic driver. I still think it remains to be seen what kind of positive impact that has on their sales figures. But uh, putting that aside, I think you know, they have a better chance of when they bring Sephora customers in. And in fact, one thing I noted in the announcement that I don't believe we heard in the Target Ulta announcement that Kohl's mentioned is Kohl's is going to hold the Sephora inventory for these sales. So you know that, that to me gives them a little, maybe a little bit of an advantage here in terms of well, the impact it's going to have on their bottom line in terms of in-store sales. In both cases, with Target plus Ulta and with Kohl's plus Sephora, both are going to be implementing this on their e-commerce sites. So I think that's probably even an even bigger opportunity for them. Kohl's, I think, has kind of a long-term decision here. They, to me, they're starting to look more and more like Target. I've been uh, somewhat vocal in saying that Target really has become the modern department store, where Macy's used to love calling themselves America's department store. I, I really think Target has taken over that moniker, if you will, because the people just love to shop there and they really do re have departments where I think most department stores no longer have departments. They're just apparel stores. Kohl's still has an opportunity there. I think people forget that you're not too long ago, they announced a partnership with Aldi's to bring grocery into Kohl's. I think that's important for them, especially now that we've learned through the pandemic that being an essential retailer really has an impact and really drives consumers to shop with you. I think Kohl's, if they find the right formula to leverage Aldi's plus Amazon returns, plus now Sephora, and they get their product assortment right. You know, we've seen them talk about how they're going to shift their 
apparel a bit to be more athleisure, athletic, and, and comfort wear focused. If they can pull off that strategy and, and combination to do something unique, maybe with Amazon beyond uh, the returns, they have a good chance since they're not attached uh, to enclosed malls to really be almost like the next target. I think they, they have that opportunity if they can get this right. So I'm pretty positive about this one. I have seen people ask the question, well, why didn't Walmart do this? Why wouldn't Sephora, for example, go to Walmart if all is going to Target? And I personally think that there's a little bit of a, of a customer mismatch there. I don't think if you're Sephora, you don't expect your customers to already be shopping at Walmart. And it's not that I believe they're sitting there saying, you know, our shoppers also shop at Kohl's. It's that they're trying to find something that is close enough that it's not as much of a stretch to get their customers to shop at these off-mall locations and to get closer to them. And frankly, I suspect if you're a Sephora customer, would you rather walk into a really crowded, busy Walmart and have to check out with your purchases? Or would you rather walk into a more easygoing Kohl's to get your Sephora purchases? And I suspect the answer is you'd rather walk into that Kohl's and it may even be more convenient in that sense. So I think it's a fit that does work for them, but it does leave the question. I know, Julia, you've asked this elsewhere as well. You know, what's Walmart's response going to be? If they're getting left out of this beauty party. Yep, it, we'll see. And, and great analysis, Ricardo. Wow, that was, I did forget about the Aldi announcement with Kohl's. I want to congratulate my friend Ricardo for predicting this uh, a few <laughs> weeks ago. So congratulations there, Ricardo. I think it's a good idea. Uh, I think both of them, the Sephora Coles partnership and the Target Alta, I think for a bunch of different reasons. One reason is what I said earlier, the importance of strip malls as destination shopping. And that's going to become even more important in the next 12 months as a substantial number of folks, as I said earlier, are staying away from the malls. It also, I think, it helps Sephora as a place, the destination shop outside the malls. Second and most important is where I put beauty versus things like apparel that are also sold by these locations. And we talked about already in terms of the struggles that apparel has and how important it would be to someone like a Coke. Multiple forecasts have apparel not recovering to 2019 levels until 2023 and beyond. So they got to find other ways to entice consumers. And then to me, apparel... When you consider, for example, all of us on these Zoom calls and what we're not buying clothes, but we are buying those beauty products because we want to look good on these Zoom calls that we're on. So I think it's a perfect fit from that perspective. I also agree that it does increase traffic, just like the Amazon Play, and they're also planning to do it online, so it would increase traffic there. It'll be interesting to watch for me as whether this is a new trend for department stores, exactly to what Ricardo says and in how department stores are evolving and disconnecting from the mall itself and becoming a destination shopping. Can you put the right set of products together to create that type of uh, destination that consumers want? Ultimately, these partnerships are important, but they do not take away from the fact that the retailer's brand need to stand for something other than a collection of all other brands, because that's really what led department stores to ultimately fail. So the even faster growing trend that I see already from the bigger brands is they're all going direct to consumer. So do you get tired of doing the brands of the house of brands and go end up in a strategy where these brands, this is just a temporary step. So good idea, but what is important to me is, is Coles thinking about me as Coles the brand? What entices me to actually come to your store and make you the destination 
versus a partner brand. Excellent point about why department stores failed and hinting at, you know, they need to make sure they're not going down that same path where everything becomes a bit boring and beige. And it's like Target, Superstore, Walmart, Superstore, Kohl Superstore. And those are the behemoths outside of Amazon. I think you're right. D2C is a really important part of the conversation. Well, Ricardo, Tony, it was great as always to have you both on the show. Super appreciate all of your insights and everything you shared today. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks, Julia. You've been listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. If you would like to be considered as a guest on our show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. For sponsorship opportunities, send us an email at media at rethink.industries. You can help support our team at Rethink Retail by dropping us a rating and review on your iTunes podcast app. To each and every one of you, thanks so much for tuning in. Retail never sleeps. See you next week.